It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A bit of a, a bit of scrambled egg, not too scrambled. Some Get some frozen peas in there, obviously defrost them first. Feta. Mm. Bobby Feta. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Feta. This week, hearts broken as natural order is restored over Craig Levine. Defensive crisis as Rugby Park claims another two victims with Clark's Kelly outgunning Celtic. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week, as I am joined every week, by my two co-hosts, Stephen. Good to be here. And Melly. Hello. And my name is Jamie. And uh, I suppose we better start off with the best 45 minutes of football we've played this season, Melly. Quite possibly, yes. And best that, at home anyway. Yep, and that is, that's against Hearts, where we, where we drubbed them. I was so confident was I that I tweeted, we're back. More on that later. I know, more on that later. Melly. Last week we spoke about looking at the team lineup, going, uh, this week off, that is what you want. Hunters of pace, hunters of power, <laughs> signings. Certainly, I, I mean, Stephen, when you looked at the lineup, you're like, they're mixing up a wee bit. There's some new faces in there. This this looks like... Well, Bruno and Kowasi started for the first time together yes. a year after Kowasi signed for the club and there's been all this chat about how they can't play together. One's a direct replacement for the other. I've always slightly doubted that. I always kind of believe that good players can play yeah. together. Within reason, I wouldn't I wouldn't fill the team with Scott Browns and Abu Kowasi's, but I don't see any reason that they can't start together. And as was evidenced here... Two up front for the first time in a while, uh, Edward and technically, yeah, so uh, kind of, yeah. But the the two of them played together for the first time since the first time I can remember since September when they played Hibs. up together. Yeah, uh, the yeah. two each game. In that game, Edward was off at half time and Demelli was off after an hour. It clearly didn't work, but it was completely different this time around. I don't know if uh, Brown and Kowasi will work going forward. Mm. I think it works in this formation because you get the back three, they two sitting in front, which allows Cham and Edward in front of them to go and allows the full backs on. But it really did work because yeah. Hart, last time Hearts, they were more physical than as they got in amongst us. So we put in the power in the middle and we just absolutely bullied them. When you look at the lineup, it's like something from a Mark Mareel time with mm. the amount <laughs> of height and physicality we had in the team. It was just blew hearts away from the very start. I like that formation. I think that formation allows us to get more of our better players in their best positions. I would agree with that. The other best performance of the season was probably Aberdeen at Pataudry. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And again, a back three, the same formation with McGregor and Rogic in behind Dembele. 
but in both games where we have played our best football, Scott Sinclair has not started. No, we'll get on to Scott Sinclair later because I've got some stuff to say about him. Well, on the formation, speaking of people not playing, I, I do enjoy a back three and I'm, and I'm conscious of the fact he hasn't played, so I'm not going to turn this into yet another episode of Bash Michael Lustig, but it's it's telling that he's not been in the team. I, I, I mean... For a while we'd suspected on this podcast that Lustig was playing with an injury and then yeah. Rogers came out and confirmed th- that fact. And yeah. Hopefully that's all it is. Hopefully he just needs some time off to properly, pro- hmm, properly recover. There was the, st- the formation still against Hearts. You could see Rogers screaming. He was screaming at Christopher Azure who kept trying to go a sort of right-back position and or go forward. Christian Ayer, as people, as most commentators <laughs> now call him. Is it Christian yeah. Azure? <laughs> By the way, I'm still sticking to the I don't really rate Christopher Ayer thing, so continue. Oh, after one defeat, you change your mind again, fair enough. <laughs> He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, so he kept going over to the right-back position, but Rogers kept screaming over it and then moved back into yeah, the centre-half. He was a part hmm. of a back three. Dembele and Ed- Edwardwin, it was 3-4-2-1, 3-5-2, depending what way the transition is, but... Edward and the belly. Sometimes they didn't know who was closing down, when he closed down. It was just wee tweaks still yeah. sort of needed in the formation. But for the rest of the game, well, the first half anyway, it was it was brilliant. It was great to watch. Celtic had a point to prove in that game, didn't they, Stephen? Evidently, they weren't going to let Hearts get away with another one. No, definitely, it was a revenge mission. Um, and Craig Levine has sort of turned himself into a wee mini Mourinho in in the latest weeks. <laughs> High praise. Yeah, well, definitely not on the pitch or in, or in terms of success. But he's patter. He's patter. He's given it in the press. He likes he likes a wee. He's a wind, he's done, he, yeah. he, he, he seems to wind people up. Like just he's got one of these. His presence annoys yeah. certain people. Doesn't I'm, even necessarily annoy me. I just think no. he's a bit of a dick. But. Yeah, do you know what? I actually kind of grudgingly like it. It's, I, I know we'll probably come on to this because of specific comments he's made about Scott Brown since yeah. the game, but I, I think he's I think he's doing well. This is the kind of thing... Uh, I picked Mourinho for a reason. He's, this is the kind of thing Mourinho's been doing for years and he's he's deflecting, he's taking the heat off certain things and making people talk about other things. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm mm. all for the managers having these wee balls in the press. Melly, does it worry you a bit that we're now in Jan- February... And uh, Brendan Rodgers still doesn't he seem to know his best starting 11 or his best formation? Uh, I think it's more the case that we've not had all the players available to us. So, again, injuries, again, we've got Roberts, Rogic, Armstrong. That's a lot of midfield running that we're clearly missing a lot right now. So you could, you could they could put an argument forward that they three would all start. So it's difficult to get the players in, integrate the new players and instantly know your best team. But I think he'll have an idea in his head, but just doesn't have the players to do it right now. I don't think there's such a thing these days as a best 11, a quote-unquote best 11 as mm. we would we would term it. Because I think Brendan Rodgers is a manager who's been brought here to do the detailed stuff. I don't think you just pick a best 11 and go with it. What would be the point of all the analysis that's done on I think you pick the players with the tools based on the task at hand rather I, than just stick out your first I, 11 oh you would but he sort of had the best 11 last year most of the same players played all the time and they didn't lose a single game this this year he's sort of doing more rotating and the results have suffered that team that we sort of became the best 11 was it wasn't until this time last year where we had Simonovic regularly playing Boyata had come back and uh, against Albion Rovers and kept his place Stuart Armstrong came in and uh, oh, oh, nearly said it the Rangers game <laughs> in the semi-final and kept his place so maybe now that the window's closed we know what we've got to work with and going forward and the Hearts game showed probably proves Stephen's point because we wouldn't play Kouassi and Brown in the same team but because 
were up against Hearts because of the physicality last time. He put in the players he thought was right for that specific game and it turned out right for him. I like Kwasi. I think he's a, I think he's a, I think I he's coming him. on. I think you love him. Yes. He's a good player. He's he's really coming on. He's very strong. I mean what is he, nineteen or something? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, there's no long term twenty. Aye, so yeah. Very strong. He's quite intelligent on the ball and as much as he doesn't panic under pressure. He knows how to use his body to shield the ball and then keep it safe. So I, I'd like to see him start more games. He obviously went on to start the Kamarnock game, but I don't see any reason why he should really give up his place. I'm unconvinced as yet because I think his passing is still fairly bad, mm. to be honest. But I do. I like. There was a moment at the just before half time against Hearts where he took up a position on the edge of Celtic's box and looked around him, and he sprinted. And I couldn't really tell what he was doing. He sprinted towards a player that didn't have the ball, but a couple of seconds later, that player then did have the ball. So he saw it coming before the, the pass was made. Yeah. And he closed down Boabin, I think it was, got to the ball first and, and started a Celtic attack. So and for someone, as you say, he's very young. For someone at that age, his awareness and his instincts are all very good. I just think he needs to work on the sort of the basics, the, the technique sort of side of it. It could be a good partnership, and we'll speak it about it later on in our pod but Zenit that could be a good partnership have Brown and Kouassi sitting there breaking everything up because our defence is pretty woeful so that uh, could be I, some way of we talk about that. we talk about experience a lot in football in general and on this podcast and Ibuki Kouassi is the only player in the squad who with any extensive experience of playing in Russia so, yeah, so why not he's yeah. the ideal man for the I, job I definitely think that's the approach we need for Zenit yeah. um, Hearts I think this must be the lowest number of Scottish players that Brendan Rodgers ever fielded or started with. Was it three, Forrest, Brown and Tierney? It actually looked like a Brendan Rodgers team rather than a Ronnie Dyla's team plus a couple of Brendan yeah, Rodgers yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, a lot of his signings in it and different formation. That's that's why I was excited about the game. I thought last week, said on here I thought it'd be tight, but when I seen that formation, I was like, oh, 4-0 easy. How do you think Boyata played? I thought he was fine. I, I thought he was fine. Strong. Do you know why I think he's fine? I think he's fine. I think Boyata suffers when he's not got two proper defenders beside him. See, when he's the most experienced and mm. he's meant to be doing more, I think that's when his game struggles. I think playing beside Jozo, he, he does a lot better. You could say the same for Jozo. You could say the same for a lot of the centre-halves. I'd, I'd, add in, I'd add in Callum McGregor to that. I know he's not a defender, but when he sort of... I've seen it a couple of times this season where Brown's come out of the team and, and Callum McGregor is the sort of senior yes. midfielder. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily play as well. That's true, and that's why I like the signing of Compare because look at the difference last year when Cole Toure came in. It was Cole Toure and O'Connell that got us through the Champions League a lot mm. of the games. That's ridiculous. Now we got on a year. Compare could bring on Ajeri, could bring on Simonovic, is only 23. Boyata's hardly played his whole career. So these guys need somebody beside them helping them through the game rather than them thinking they're the senior player they need to guide somebody through their game it was nice to see Masonda in the squad I know he didn't start but there was a, a moment just they were warming up Masonda and Calvin Miller they were sort of passing the ball back and forward to each other doing wee tricks wee round the world things and all that and uh, Masonda gave it to Miller who flicked it up did a couple of wee tricks and passed it back to him and Masonda gave him a wee face to, as if to say mm, that, that was quite good <laughs> so just in the door and he's patronising our young <laughs> inferior players already <laughs> I watched the warm up as well just to get a glimpse of him and you can tell the guy's a baller he's brilliant with the ball he actually made me want to go home the next day and take a ball up the park <laughs> but he's only 21 right and I know we'll talk about him because he made his first start later on in, in the killer game that we're going to talk about but 
He looks even younger than that. He looks about fifteen. Yes, he's, he's very. He seems really small. We'll talk. We can talk more about Masonda when we get onto our transfer window section of the podcast. Um, focusing on the Hearts Celtic game, Celtic Hearts game. Melly, the goals came thick and fast for Celtic in the first they half. They did first one. It's, it's two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. much like breaking. It was it was dead as a contest within the, the yeah. first section of the game. Really, you could feel that inside the ground. I think Hearts sort of crumbled after that, but it was more. Because we had the power in the team, it was a bit more direct. Both the first two goals were just, I think it's Tierney launches it, Dembele holds it up. And when it was it, De Vries. It was De Vries. Was it, it was De Vries? a secondary assist for was De Vries. It? Yeah. And watching De Vries kicking the ball, right, I, I'm still undecided as to whether he's actually much like, significantly better than Gordon at it, right? But oh, he does. He, is he looks, he looks oh, much more disagree. He looks you much think? more comfortable, though. I, I don't think he's great at kicking, but. I made the point before, see when you watch Gordon kicking the ball, he doesn't look like a footballer, he looks like a goalkeeper. De Vries looks much more comfortable doing it. He actually sits down, he, he distributes his weight properly to pass the ball. I, I still don't think his passing is very good, but it's, he looks more comfortable than Gordon. He looks like a rabbit in the headlights. I, I don't know if I'm completely misinterpreting this, but see when De Vries kicks the ball out, he, he makes it land in the area of someone's feet more often than... Craig Gordon does it just seems to end up roughly in the area of a player I think De Vries' kicking is a bit better but it's not really about the kicking he's there to like you say when you've said it before in the podcast it's when he receives the ball from a defender Craig Gordon looks extremely nervous on the yeah. ball he doesn't really know what to do with it and De Vries looks a lot more comfortable in that regard possibly he does but we'll get back to the goal here and when Dembele holds it up just the absolute distance Edward's got to go for mm. that ball we've all been in that situation where running through and your legs just go not a problem for him outpaced him outpowered him and what a finish from him by the way it was absolutely brilliant it's these glimpses that you see of Edward that you're like looks, looks like there's something really there again with the second goal more direct James Forrest somehow wins a header knocks <laughs> it down there's probably nobody beside him that's why he knocks it down Dembele good link up play he holds the ball up and just perfect for Bayata doesn't need to really break stride and Pegs the keeper Slots it under peak. the keeper Now I'm just trying to think about this Boyata has now scored I reckon 13 goals for Celtic Which is quite a lot For yeah. a centre half And he's been here only two Two and a bit seasons And he's been in and out with injuries And stuff like that So he is He is very much a threat But the last one I can remember him scoring With his feet Was in 2015 Against <laughs> Hamilton Aki Some so, memory you've yes. got <laughs> I mean that's uh, Hamilton Aki's away We scored with his left foot In his top Cute corner finish Yeah and uh, good. Nicely stuck away Definitely Dembele was playing well to assist but you, you could tell he just needed the goal for that sweet relief just to make his day and they always say you need one to go in off your backside just to get you going and that was kind of what he got he'd better chances than that but just getting in there getting an easy goal Tierney looks so much so better up, with yeah. space in front of yeah. him and I wonder how we'll work that when him and Sinclair work well together but when he's got space he can go by any full back in Scotland in that time run, and time again Tierney if you watch it back look how many times Tierney examines what's in front of him and weighs up his options oh. the patience shown I don't want to have a go at him he's, he's no longer with us sadly Emilio Izaguirre he's not dead by the way he's just left <laughs> he's not dead he, he would have just run forward not looked up once and aimlessly swung across into the box. oh that's cruel that's mean sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but Tierney is constantly looking for the best ball available to him 
He's happy to hold on to it. He'll bust past the defender, cut back, cut back on his weaker foot, then look to get it back on his left, all the while waiting for someone to make the, the right run for him. I would much rather have Kieran Tierney in that position than Scott Sankar every day of the week. Also, again, we'll go back to that Aberdeen game at Pataudry. Kieran Tierney gets in and scores. Also, Fuddenbelly's goal, who puts it across for him? Kieran Tierney. So much more space. And on the other side, Forrest actually does quite a good job out there. I thought Forrest was... Sorry, I choked on it there. Forrest was <laughs> good. And actually, do you know what? They took Forrest off in this game, and as soon as that happened, the boy, Dimitri Mitchell, the boy who's on loan from oh, Man United, he started getting forward a lot more, mm. and Forrest had him pegged back the entire time. Musonda gives you a completely different option out there, but Forrest at least forces fullbacks back the way. Most of the times, Dimitri Mitchell went on a few good dribbling runs after that. He did look good, and he just. If we're going to go forward with this formation, I hope we do it. I think the Kilmarnock game's just a bit of a, a bad game in there, but that's perfect for Gamboa, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's absolutely right. perfect, but he's been on the bench, but there's just been no sign of him getting on. couple of warm-ups, that's it. One thing I would be delighted about Celtic putting a stop to sometime soon is... Um, Kyle Lafferty scoring against Celtic, because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. two now. Do you know how sick yeah. I am about it? So I'm watching the Hearts game, I'm thinking... I don't really gamble that often I'm not much a gambler but I thought you know what Celtic are all over them I'm going to put that on the next five minutes bet and in my mind that's a bit like roulette you know you just yeah, pay yeah. your money take your chance I was like there's going to be a goal in the next five minutes and when did Kyle Lafferty score the exact time it was like 67th minute 67th Ugh, minute in like fire. 50 seconds or something hmm. whatever it was my on the five minutes ended just just like 50 seconds before uh, he scored just a fraction of a second before he scored it you wouldn't want to make money off him would you? No, no, you're quite right. I wouldn't want to make money off him. Plus, gambling and that. <laughs> <laughs> that that goal was annoying because it was our own fault. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Brown but, that gave it away, wasn't it? Brown lost the ball, but it wasn't the best pass from Simone, which he sort of put him under. Brown could have done a lot better. Brown actually, in that few minutes after the goal and leading up, he went through a, a, a rare patch of a sort of lack of concentration from Brown. He gave the ball away that led to. Lafferty taking a big dive over Tierney's tackle on the left. Mm. He, he took a wild dive and Tierney was giving him absolute dog's abuse for it. Reminded it, him of the time he... Uh, yeah, of course, that's right. But I mean, it was it was very brief. It was just it was sort of a surprise to see from Scott Brown. Do you I, know what he did do, but... What did he do? Absolutely chop hearts players in half. Yeah. Oh, well, he was a, he was, Scott Brown was a, a big bad bully in he that was. game, according to Craig Levine. Um, although if you look at the stats, 21 fills to our nine... There was a Scott Brown came into criticism, particularly from Craig Levine, about bullying Harry Cochran. I don't really know if you're going to put Harry Cochran in beside Scott Brown. Do you, do you expect Scott Brown to back off because the boy's sixteen? No, is that, is that Craig Levine's angle? It's a complete non-issue, and this is what I was talking about earlier. It's just it's, it's classic managerial deflection tactics. That's that's all it is. The the one I feel sorry for in this whole thing is Harry Cochran because he's not out there asking anyone to talk about his age or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a footballer, and he's, he's a good one at that. I mean, he, he's not done anything wrong. Craig Levine's out here acting like he's da. <laughs> the, the challenge that injured him, it wasn't a, the challenge that yeah, injured it was him, the fall, it was the fall, was... so there's nothing he can complain about. And Hearts are the most physical team in the league, so again, water off a duck's back, isn't it? Roger's comments were a bit bizarre after it as well. He was talking about the, the questioning whether it was the right thing to play a 16-year-old in that game. I, I suppose he was sort of reacting to a comment that Craig Levine had made. But in fairness, Craig Levine didn't actually make it. It was the journalist who was pushing him on on the age of him. Yeah. But I mean, that's, 
this guy was very good against us at Tynecastle. Is Scott Brown's only doing his job, keeping yeah. an eye on him, but he absolutely bossed it at Tynecastle. And Craig Levine called it. Craig yeah. Levine said Scott Brown was out there to make sure that Harry Cochrane didn't get the best of him again. Absolutely, I'm not sure if that's a criticism or yeah. praise of Scott Brown that one. So there was rumours that Masonda was going to be presented at half time to the the Celtic fans, and he, he was presented in a way in as much as he was stripped yeah. and he was on the bench and he was ready to play, and on the 62nd minute he came on. Now, I was worried that we were going to bring him on the 67th minute, because you know how that's his shirt number. Weirdly thought, enough, the, the Celtic TV commentary team made quite a lot of that. Did they? Oh, well, I don't want Hilarious dag-ags about I, how he was going to bring on in the 67th minute. I don't, I'm glad Brendan Rodgers didn't get involved in any of that marketing nonsense. <laughs> no, like John Terry stuff, remember he got taken off? Oh, that, oh. that made me lose all respect for David oh, Moyes. He let, let them sub him in the fourteenth, the fourth minute or something, the 14th minute. David Moyes let that happen. Is it six minute? He's number, uh, 26, 26 minutes. Minute oh, yeah, I let that happen. Anyway, what did you make of Musonda Jr. Melly when he came on? Well, he, he was getting warmed up, and as soon as Brendan Rogers, he can whistle like in. By the way, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's why he's paid the big bucks, Brendan Rogers. <laughs> strong whistle game. It was brilliant. So you just seen him whistle and shout Musonda, and the crowd just got an absolute lift. It's been a long time since we've had a signing like that where everybody's going to a game excited to see yeah. a signing and then excited when he's coming on how does he do Great it by the way does he do it with the, fin- the two fingers the two hands or just the tongue folded two back two hands see I'm always jealous of people who can do that you know that really loud whistle but they mm. just fold their tongue they don't need to use their fingers I can't do it at all you can't no. whistle no. well I can whistle but I can't do the, the really the loud, loud one. stadium no, no. penetrating I, I, one I, no. I'm, see the people that just go like they're whistling yeah. in a dug and it comes running I'm so jealous anyway Masonda Junior um like you say, Stephen, we were all saying it. Deep down, we're eight-year-old boys. We want the superstar signing. And Musonda Jr. is pretty much as close as we're going to get this day and age. So it was good to see him come on. The ideal type of player as well. A flair player, someone who's excited. He, having watched his interview with Jerry McCullough before it as well, he says all the right things. He's really going to say Jerry McKayle there. <laughs> Jerry McNee before the, um, before, um, before he made his debut. He says all the right things. He's very enthusiastic, re- loves his football, does everything with a smile on his face. And that's that's exact kind of player everybody can get behind. Yeah, blonde top, cutting a bit of that wee pint again as Melly. Quite a lot of that going on. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that going on. That is the in-style hairdo. What he did you make of him when he actually came on, though? It was pretty quiet, but he had the one wee flip yeah. right at the start. You think, right, we're going to get this. This is One of them is going to come off one point and is going to have that wee touch of class that we really lack in the team right now. We've spoken about the lack of creativity. We're hoping he can do that. He came on it on the right he's mm-hmm. played in the centre as well so just be finding that position for him and hopefully we can get him in soon so that was Hearts Hearts game ended pummeled them crushed them natural order as they say was restored and they were sent back across the M8 packing <laughs> um, transfer window slammed it shut did, did slam the shut. next day and in good old Peter Law Celtic PR fashion we signed everyone on the last day more <laughs> or less they all came in at the last minute to make it look as if I've been really busy Um Overall, Melly, give me your transfer window score. A being you know a pass, D being a fail. You'll know D from your own school report cards. <laughs> well, we've changed it from out of ten at the start of the season. It's difficult doing it today. If you had to ask me after the game and after the window, I'd have gave you a different score because we've had the Kilmarnock game since then. Yes. But a lot of the positions we needed were addressed just the quality of player wasn't addressed mm. so I would give it a C because again I think Celtic missed a massive opportunity to push ahead when they're in a position of strength yep Stephen well, I'll, I'll change the, the scoring 
Because um, you've, you've given it a C. Absolutely oh, not. Dear. Out of 10, I would say it's all right. <laughs> out of 10, you'll give it a C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was okay. Uh, what Having witnessed Scott Bain, who, who came in with Jack Henry on the last day. You've wanted that for ages, haven't you? Scott Bain? Yes. Well, this is, this is as they say in the industry, the podcast industry, a callback. We <laughs> had... <laughs> um, <an> industry? <laughs> we yeah. had... Uh, Scottish music radio legend Jim Gellatley on this very podcast on one of the one episode of the first. four or something yeah, like that yeah. right and he came on a big Dundee fan and he came on and told us a couple of years ago now about how good Scott Bain was he was one to look out for in the future so there you go the oracle Jim Gellatley knows his, Ken's his music and Ken's his football but having watched those two guys come in I thought immediately that well hold on we've been told this whole month that the reason it takes forever to get signings over yes. the line is because they're only going for quality. They're only going for guys that can get us to the next level. And that's 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 fine, right? I'm not saying those guys aren't, but you can't spend all that time saying it's only quality, only quality, and then bring in. I mean, Jack Kendrick could have been signing the first day of the window. So that's what I mean. There's a bit of PR bringing yeah. these guys in over the line. Um, I'm going to go with you, Melly. I'm going to give give the transfer window overall a C. Um, and I do think uh, you know. I, I've, I've not mentioned it for a while, but I did write in my massively well-received da- <laughs> Daily Record blog that Celtic did miss an opportunity to show real ambition. You know, we could have signed nobody in the January window in their league. Do we agree? Yes. Yeah. So so if you're going to sign anyone, it stands to reason that you need to dramatically improve the team and at least bring in someone that's going to give you a proper shot at Europe. In my mind, now my mind's slightly been changed after seeing Jack Hendry play for Kilmarnock, but I'm not sure anyone that we signed is going to start against Zenit maybe Musonda but I mean I, I, right now he's not an absolute stick on to start against Zenit so I just I just think we missed an opportunity there I agree if we were the goalkeeping situation was out of necessity Craig Gordon he didn't he obviously thought Gordon and De Vries would yes. do him to the summer we were all hoping that long term we'd be looking at a new goalkeeper doubted it'd be January but in the summer so when your keeper gets injured Maybe he can fast track that a bit and get him in, but they obviously see Gordon fine till the end of the season. Bit disappointing, but I didn't think they'd get a keeper in. So no, Scott I think Bain, they were a bit of caught unawares with that yeah, one, weren't they? Scott Bain, fair enough. He just he's in. He knows the league. Henry, we've been linked with him consistently, and it seems as if that's the guy he wanted now. Which is fair enough. He gave him number four, which shows you a wee bit maybe he does believe in the guy. And come on, that game I thought he did. He did okay. He looks like he's got all the attributes going forward that he needs. But I can't remember a window where we've gone in in January and I've thought, that's great. We have really pushed on. I don't know whether it is the quality's not out there to get or the quality is or it's too hard to get. I had a look down south and that's where we sort of do our business. The only real centre-halves that made moves was Van Dyke. There's no chance. <laughs> no, probably no, not. No, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> And there was a sign in Congolo from Monaco. Right. I don't think we've got a chance there. <laughs> Probably not. And Mangala. Laporte. Laporte. Could have gazumped Man City to the signing of Laporte for 57 million. I'm trying to give the board a wee bit back in here. There wasn't MD that went that I thought we could have got them. January is really difficult and I can't think of a January off the top of my head where I thought... That is a great signing, apart from Keane Bellamy, obviously. Yeah, and that's that's what you wanted. You said, perhaps jokingly, but you know, you wanted a repeat of that, didn't you? You wanted a not so much a repeat. I think we could have done with positions. That was a ridiculous window, but a player like that would have really lifted the club. Musonda is and could be that, but a, a player that you go in and go right, he could be a 
a player for us for the next two or three years and then we'll sell him. It's probably Armstrong, there was a bit of fanfare about that. We thought he mm. could have been a really good player. But at the same time, we need to stop looking down on just signing players from Scotland. Yeah, and people are too quick to rush to the it's a project thing with, with guys like Henry. I don't see that any reason to believe that he's you know, a, a long-term prospect who's going to yeah, be in the... the yeah, I will Exactly, he's straight into the first team. But even without that, even without the, the kind of hard evidence of that, he's only about eight or nine months younger than Jozo. He's considerably older than Jozo was when he signed at first. In terms of senior appearances for clubs, he's not far off where Boyata and Jozo were when they signed as well. So I don't, you know... English clubs wanted him, you know. Yeah. He could have been another one of these. Celtic get criticised for... You know, missing out on the, like the Robertsons and the Tom Kearneys and these guys that end up going down to England and making a name for themselves. So exactly, if, if we were linked with uh, Liam Lindsay, who you sp- you've spoke about in the yeah. pod before, mm-hmm. we'd be like, "Oh, he's a good player," but we could have got him in the summer for. Yeah. Did he not start with us? A half a million pound. We could. We're choking for a right back right now. If we had said Callum Patterson, we wouldn't have taken taken him back when he signed for Cardiff. But now he's playing against yeah. Arsenal, playing consistently, scoring in the Championship up near the top. He'd be a good player, so we can't look down on these guys until we see them in the flesh and see how they do. Hendry's career's a, a quite like Caldwell. Started in Scotland, oh, no. went, <laughs> went down south, didn't quite cut it, came back, played consistently and then gets a move to us. People, these players need to play games. And for all we say Caldwell wasn't great, been one of the better centre halves. We'd take him right now, probably. A I would No, <laughs> certainly not on board with that point at all. What, a ball playing defender? No, ball no, that's, that's not he, what Caldwell is. They beep all that out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. Yeah, um, you know, I think there is there is merit in the in the argument that Celtic have money to buy players, but the, the players that they go out and buy, say you want a five million pound player, then he wants sixty million, sixty million, <laughs> sixty thousand pound a week wages because blah blah blah. And there's there's merit in that, and we're often compared to you know similar positions like Ajax and Benfica. And I looked at Ajax, what they'd done in the January window, and they went out and bought a twenty-five-year-old Argentinian defender from some club I'd never heard of, and they bought a twenty-year-old defender from Midtjylland. So. I just I was looking if we brought those players in would we be having a moan right now probably a famous comparison after the Porto game in 2003 was that look at all the players they've signed since then and look at all the money they've made off them but the thing is we're not in the same boat that the the playing field isn't level on that because they can take young players from Brazil and as you say Ajax take from Argentina yeah. Scotland can't do that we don't have the don't have no. the structure to, to take these guys without work permits I, I, I feel a bit hypocritical because I'm moaning about the transfer window without providing solutions I'm saying this was rubbish <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You, you should have done X do better yeah just, yeah just some abstract opinion about doing better I just think that I'm sort of talking myself out of it now because if there was then we would have got them you've charmed yourself I've charmed myself I'm (laughs) I'm confused I'm just disappointed we like to think that you you always like to think that the club are going for these players they're out there but evidence shows they're not really out there like that's another last year's January transfer window we we didn't bring MD in Brendan Rodgers trusts these players he came in brought in his own players and the players he inherited done everything he asked of them they went unbeaten they got into the Champions League and they won the treble. Yeah. For him to go out and buy a player and replace a guy he completely trusts is going to be difficult for him to think he's definitely the guy because of the market we're working in. It is difficult. There wasn't a lot of players we maybe should have got, but you like to think there's somebody out there, but 
Oh, I know what it is. I've got the key to my own argument here. The January transfer window doesn't sneak up on you. You know, no, that's true. Celtic, yeah. you know, doesn't you don't just start looking for players at the beginning of January. Celtic would have had targets in August and September that they didn't get, but they would have kept their eye on. And who presumably all Musonda was one of them. Yeah, Musonda was one, and you go out and get these guys. I just um, I just I'm just disappointed. I thought we would have seen more ambition for Europe. Where we're grading the transfer window, with the consensus in this room has been two C's and an all right. Yeah. So far, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know who I, I hope doesn't give it a C or an all right? Brendan Rodgers the, yep. I mean as much as I value you two guys feelings here I hope Brendan Rodgers is happy with it well, he's as much as he was. yeah he will he will he always say that. Say he's it, not yeah. going to come out and flame the flame the club for that I just I hope he is genuinely satisfied with what he's got because that's the key here yeah you're right yeah um, I just don't know how satisfied he's going to be once we get pumped out of Europe <laughs> yeah uh, that's <laughs> that's what we're looking at here do you feel any more confident after the January signings that we'll get through in Europe? I don't. No, I don't. I don't. And the league is the league and it was always going to be winning. But that's the January window. No point. Can he cry over spilt milk, as they say? Um, we move on to the Kilmarnock game. <laughs> cry over that. <laughs> Herein lies the issue with us doing a weekly podcast that takes in an average of two games. Yeah. The Hearts game was played on a Tuesday, so... You think, right, I've got a few days before record. I've got a nice wee, nice wee positive outlook to, yeah. to, to formulate my thoughts coming into the studio. And then that goes and happens. Yep, Celtic farted on our cupcake, Melly. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Laid an egg. <laughs> Absolutely brutal from start to finish. I cannot remember one passage of play. We had one shot on target. <laughs> Not one player played really well. And it wasn't that different a starting lineup from the game. A couple of days ago. And I think that's the key because Celtic were terrific against Hearts, there's no doubt about it. Went to Kilmarnock, ended up with two players getting injured within the space of, I'm not sure how long, half an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah, and then that completely messed up the whole situation. Sucked the life out of the game because yeah. I actually thought it was a reasonably bright start. Celtic yeah. looked like like they always do in the first few minutes, nice and nice and sharp and, and crisp and all that. But after a couple of minutes, basically, the, the life strained out of that. The lineup itself, I couldn't have been happier with the lineup, with the exception of Patrick Bay Roberts, who's still no, nowhere near the team, I, I couldn't have been happier. But I took one look at it and thought, right, that's bold. I like it. I like the I like the formation. Kwasi stays in. Henry's in, answering all the questions yep. about whether he's a prospect or not. Really, I couldn't have been happier with the lineup. But then, I mean, it just it just didn't work out at all. Henry was in because Jozo doesn't play on plastic pitches. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and, Celtic. Yeah, and yeah. that's <laughs> all of that. Point killer, we'll have point killer Pete for a while, have we? <laughs> um, yeah, Melly. So you can pick it up and run with it now. The plastic pitch. I was about five rows from the front, and you can tell when the ball's been played. Across. It's disgusting. It shouldn't be allowed in a top flight. It, Steve Clark wants it torn up, and I can see why. Like Brendan Rogers said after the game, he hasn't seen a good game on a pitch mm. like that, and it is terrible. It's the same pitch for both teams. So we can get that excuse out of the way. Celtic still had plenty in there, but it's terrible. As soon as Boyata got injured, he was down in the ground and the physio came on and he started punching the ground. Mm. He knew he was, yeah, that he knew was him. I know it's the same pitch for both teams, right? But Kamarnock will train on that. Yeah. They'll play their home games on that. So they're playing the majority of their football on a plastic pitch. So you get used to that. You know, you'll get you know yourself, if you play fives week in, week out, and then you play on a different Concrete. And, ah, you play it on concrete. <laughs> a basketball court. I think um, every, I'm, every pitch is different in an artificial pitch as well, as you say. Mm-hmm. At fives, if you play one week, you play somewhere else another week. It's totally different mm-hmm, yeah. the way the ball bounces. When the ball's going across that surface, you can see the black bits going up. That game was on TV yesterday. I know. Do you know what I'm not? 
I'm many things, but I'm not a doctor. And um, when I watched Boyata slip, that looked like the sort of slip that, that eventually injured them. That wouldn't happen on grass his because foot, your your he, foot would stick. His, his foot dragged across the ground, basically, yeah. but turning turning all these joints in awkward positions. There's two separate issues with this. One is that Brendan Rodgers points out that the football isn't very good on these on these pitches, and two is that whether it causes more injuries than than grass does. No, I, I think it's too easy for us to sit here and go. Well, those those two injuries, so that that means that that's the evidence. I yeah. think you would need. I would need to look at real data for that. You want real data? Celtic train on a plastic pitch. Look how many of our players are currently injured. Well, that's true. The other thing is, I've looked at. I tried to. I mean, this podcast isn't the place for it because it's a bit heavy. But I've looked into some studies on this kind of thing, and apparently the evidence is that there's no real difference. There's no significant difference in injuries between playing on plastic pitches. And playing on grass. No, so it's not the it's not the fact that it's plastic pitches. It's the state of the command of exactly. plastic pitch. That's that's basically a concrete floor painted green with torn yeah, up plastic bags on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's not about stigmatizing all of plastic pitches. Norway. I mean, look at one of the guys who got injured, Christopher yeah. Ayer, got injured on it. He probably grew up playing on these things. Yeah. I mean, Norway is. According to Ron Adela, 60% plastic pitches. He played on it a lot last season when he played yeah, for Kamara. But, yeah. but again, my point to that would be he injured himself landing. Mm. Now, it's not whether or not you get more injured frequently on plastic pitches. It's whether or not an injury would occur that wouldn't occur on a grass pitch. And again, there's no option. There's no grip there, and that there's no give. Sorry, and I I reckon that might have caused the issues. The most common injuries apparently you get are ankle, back, and groin. Two out of the three is what we got on that pitch. Yeah, it's a terrible pitch. It's getting torn up. Think. Hopefully, that's the last time we've played our two games on it this season, and both games weren't very good. Mm, No. But Celtic were terrible. The pitch does play its part because when Celtic are taking a touch, instead of the ball, the usual control and turn, the ball sort of kicks up when you control mm, it, so yeah. you maybe need an extra touch. Celtic still had plenty in the locker. The injuries did disrupt it because we spoke about Tierney earlier on how when he's got space he can run into it. He had to move back to centre-half. Yes. And that negated that. Scott Sinclair is not a wing-back wide midfielder. No. Let's talk about Scott Sinclair. Yay. Hide-and-seek champion. (laughs) 2017-18. I don't care how many goals he's got, he's rubbish this season. That's harsh. No, it's not. He's he's a shadow of the player he was last year. I I don't think he likes up here anymore, Stephen. Pure conjecture on my part. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's bold. I I don't know. It's... I feel like I just I keep going over all grounds with Scott Sinclair. It's impossible to ignore the amount of goals he scored because he is still Celtic's top scorer. But that's I because think... he gets into good positions and shoots. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that might sound obvious <laughs> in the face of it. But we play better without him because other people, keep, namely Kieran Tierney, that takes up those same positions, will pick out another player and score. So Scott Sinclair might have scored two goals, well, twelve goals on the back of forty shots. But mm. Kieran Tierney might have directly set up 15 or 20 on the back of 30 crosses I don't think this new you know, Celtic kind of play the two behind the one that yes. he's uh, quite a lot this season I don't think he is suited coming more inside and rather than hugging the touchline like he did a lot of last season and letting Tierney kind of bomb, bomb for it I don't know if that's necessarily suited his game all that well it probably hasn't but again we can look at it like, who is playing well on the Celtic team nobody really Scott mm. Brown's been consistent after that, you'd maybe say Forrest being okay, but I thought until this game, Cham as well. But he had a poor game. Everybody had a poor game. There's Cham was brilliant against yeah, Hearts. Just yeah. had yeah, an absolute nightmare against Kilmarnock. Like most of the players did, it just wasn't his day. That was something I actually saw. That was something I meant to bring up with the Kwasi chat as well. That with him and the team sitting alongside Brown, 
it lets Brown and Cham get a lot further forward. Yeah. Not necessarily the greatest of attacking players, but it lets them do a lot more roaming. On that, Scott Brown was absolutely everywhere against Hearts because mm, yeah. Kouassi sat there. This meant he shut down every single player in midfield. It and he bully. was absolutely brilliant. It let him bully a lot more yeah. players. <laughs> it, 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 we maybe thought Scott Brown had taken a step back and that's how he can continue playing. That game showed he can still play the way he used mm. to as well. One one thing I will say about Kamarnock is I think they outmanaged us a wee bit. I think their tactics were spot on, but they didn't do anything particularly brilliant. They just stayed compact. They stayed narrow. They forced us out to the wings when we couldn't get in and cut off every cross that they couldn't. Malumbu was outstanding. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but I thought they when Musonda Jr. got the ball... They were they were three guys on him and see if he became see if he came anywhere near Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd half that boy about four or five times. It's again like Hearts, they delegated the fouls about and the only way you stop that is if a strong referee says at the start, that's it. Craig Thompson didn't in the Hearts game and that is why Kevin Scott, Clancy's a weasel though. Oh I'll get on him. That is why Scott Brown was allowed to absolutely who was it he halved in the Hearts game at possibly Jim. Jim yeah, get booked for that yeah he get booked for that but Hearts were kicking Celtic all over the place so he probably thought if they're not getting booked I, I've got a free one here mm. again Clancy just let them away with foul after foul and then see me book Celtic players for their first foul again I don't want to blame a ref for Celtic's bad performance but he was poor he could have been a lot stronger and stamped it out at the very start did you see when Boyata was sort of hobbling off injured Clancy came over to tell me to get off the pitch and no. he just said no. Boy, they just brushed him away. That, 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 see, when uh, you're right, that did stick in my mind because I was watching that looking at Clancy going, you are an absolute waste. <laughs> like, no one has... Even the Celtic video was like, beat it, wee buzz. They didn't have any time for him. On uh, Kelly out-managing, managing, it's yes. quite hard to say. Um, as that's played Kelly twice now. Steve Clark, four points. Brendan Rodgers, one. Yeah. Still haven't beaten them. The last time we beat Kilmarnock was under Lee McCulloch earlier in the season, August, I think that was. Uh, Tierney goal was it? Mm. On being out managed, that's it's hard to say yes, but it's also we were hindered by the fact that we had to make two first half subs, yeah. so we had one sub for the re- remaining game, and if we were going to make a tactical change, it'd be very difficult to do that with just the one sub. I, I, yeah, it's it's impossible to talk about this game. I know, but I don't want to make excuses. I want to I want to put forward reasons rather than excuses. Yeah. But and I think you, in this no game team, there are. Yeah, I no think. team can survive having to make two defensive substitutions. Yeah. I, I don't mean they can't survive, but it's very difficult to, to organise yeah. after that. I mean, and often when Celtic get beat, we look at it and go, "We got beat there because players didn't turn up. Players were poor, and there was an element of that in this game." But you can clearly see the reasons for this game. The plastic pitch. You know, there's, there's myriad reasons why we lost this game. Plastic pitch might have factored into it 5 or 10%. The two injuries definitely factored into oh, it maybe 30%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you've got the change of formation following the injuries. Then you've got the fact that Kamarnock are playing well and that they got their tactics spot on. Then you factor in the fact that Malumbu had the game of his absolute life. I mean, on form, on current form, he's a claim to be yeah. you know, one of the best players in Scotland at the, the moment. The reasons we lost this game are clear to see. Then you look at us. You know, I don't think Forrest was particularly good. No, um, he, he certainly. I don't. He couldn't have got many crosses in. I thought we lacked ideas in the centre of midfield. Um, as far as having someone to move into space from midfield, um, maybe because that's because it was so congested. But when it was obvious that wasn't working, the natural thing to do would be play it out wide and try and get crosses in. But see, when Sinclair and Forrest aren't getting the crosses in and playing well, you're really struggling. 
it's, again comes down to strikers. You could say Dembele didn't have a good game. Edouard didn't do much when he came on. Again, they had absolutely nothing to no. feed off. No support. They didn't have any crosses to try and get an end of. And they didn't have empty close to them, like maybe Rogic or Armstrong bringing yeah. them into the box. Maybe that creates a bit of space for them. None of that. It was just, it seemed to be past. It was a dialer performance by the team, just <laughs> aimless passes. And I was just standing at the game thinking, like, I didn't think we'd get beat, but I thought we could win 1 0 here or it'll be 0 0. There was, it was just one of those games where it was just. This isn't going to happen today. It's not going to happen today. Roger said two things that we're, that we're going to have to agree with, and it was one that there was no, there wasn't enough creativity on the ball. I mean, that was perfectly yeah, evident. Yeah, yeah. There was none, uh, and uh, everything went wrong. Everything that could have went yeah. wrong basically yeah. did. So, I mean, it's it's a nightmare. It's a terrible performance, a terrible result, but it's just one of those games. I think. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to throw Celtic under the bus for this one because it's understandable to see what happened in those mitigating circumstances. And Steve Clark is doing an amazing job at Kilmarnock. So, it's, it's, we're not the Invincibles. We're going to no. lose some games, and that game was a game we're losing, and you can see why. I do think, though, again, referring back to the transfer window, the lack of creativity in midfield, which Brendan Rodgers pointed out, which everyone pointed out before the transfer window, was one area that we could have feasibly rectified in the transfer window. But so you he sort of did with Musonda and he played no. him and he was terrible. <laughs> no Musonda was not terrible. He wasn't good. Musonda was Musonda was one of our better players. He, he, he carried the ball, he took men on, he beat more men than Forrest and Sinclair combined. But you, I mean the attention that boy got, no one could have played football under those circumstances. He had two men on him and then someone else more often not would come in and chop him. There was really no space for that guy to play football you can't necessarily blame him where would you say you'd play Musonda then you, because he can't play Musonda and Robert in that game I'll tell you where I would have I'll tell you where I would have played Musonda in that game I would have taken James Forrest off again because James Forrest was having a stinking time on that side and Musonda probably would have had a better chance up against the right back to get across in again but Mitchell came into the game when Musonda was out right so that leaves Kilmarnock down that right hand side that's fine because we, but they were playing one up front anyway, so and we had three at the back. So what a vile guy up front! <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. the vilest guy in the Kilmarnock team, I will add. Kirk Broadfoot Aww. has topped yeah. a lot. I, he is rancid. It's <laughs> offensive to me that Kirk Broadfoot still makes a living playing professional football. Chris Boyd looking in terrific shape. Um, <laughs> I saw it. I, I was listening to the BBC Sports Sound <laughs> podcast. Uh, Pat Bonner saying Chris Boyd looking fitter than ever. Fitter wow. than ever. To look, un- more, I know, to look more unfit than Chris, <laughs> <laughs> to look more unfit than Chris Boyd, you'd have to be that big blue thing at a blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pearl, yeah. Yeah. Chris Boyd is a puddle of a man. <laughs> Cut Broadfoot. Not only did when Kilmarnock celebrated, instead of going to his teammates, he ran towards the set. I was behind the other goal. He ran towards the Celtic. No, fans. He, ran, he ran towards you. He ran towards the Celtic fans and celebrated. And then at the end, when the final whistle went, he turned round and basically looked right at me and celebrated. <laughs> I nearly Obviously a listener. But the guy beside me, full scale, wanted him arrested. Arrested. <laughs> Shouting at the post to arrest him for celebrating. Oh, God, Did he cup funny. his ears? Well, Melly, see, this is why you should always have coins on you <laughs> at all times. No, in fact, Melly's too, Melly's too tight for that. I take that back. You, you should never throw coins at any footballer. We don't condone that. Batteries are much more effective. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we don't condone that either. So that was Kamarnock. Um Next up, the old pig and whistle in the cup. Yeah. And then it's on to the big boys. 
Yeah, well, more on that nearer the time. More on that nearer the time. And I suppose this is the any other business area of the podcast. Well, this is the first time Kelly have won at Rugby Park over Celtic since 2010. Now, there are several parallels with this oh, game. It's not the because, game, is it? Because this one was 1-0 to Kilmarnock. Okay. It was also immediately after the slamming of a transfer window. Okay. It was also a disappointing first start for a superstar signing. Can you remember who? Robbie Keane. Correct. Yes, that's right. Aye. This lineup, right? <laughs> Bear in mind. I even remember who scored. Yeah, this is after the the window of windows, right? This lineup: Boric, Hinkle, Naylor, Hoyveld, and Leuven's on the back five. Okay, I'd take Leuven's back. <laughs> you take Colville back, mate. You're laughing. Leuven's are still playing. I know we're all upset in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The midfield: Nguemo and Key, right? Magidi and Kamara. Take Key back. Oh, definitely, yeah, he's a good player. Fortuny and Keane up front. Now, three of the back four were taken off in this game. <laughs> I miss I miss this era. That was the absolute Wild West. It may have been terrible, but it was, boy, was it fun. Aye, it was never boring. Hinkle, Naylor and Hoyville all taken off for Caddis, Scott Brown and Josh Thompson. Scott Brown didn't start? Scott Brown, uh, well, I think he was just coming back from an injury, but he came on at right back. Oh, that's what it did not play him at. Hammer McGee at right back when we get beat by St Mirren 4-0 as well. That was when he said if I had a... Come back and won the match. I'd be called a genius, but you can beat four mil. Is Josh Thompson still playing? Let me just quickly Google. So we got him in two thousand nine, and according to Wikipedia, he's playing for Macclesfield Town. Um, what a career he has had! Um, so that was that was then. It was Chris McGuire that scored for Kamara because well I remember well seeing him yeah. in the carbon not long after oh, that. Yeah. Back when I was a wee dick, former <laughs> Aberdeen ace, Chris McGuire. So that's it, 125 episodes in the bag. Um, please subscribe to us on iTunes, that way you get the podcast as soon as it comes out. Leave a review and a rating and all that sort of stuff. You can contact us on Twitter at 20 Minute Tims. Um, thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.